0: Plushcare.com slash What's
1: up amigos and amigas? This is the Senorito Jake de Leon and you're listening right now to the Smart Gilas Filipinas podcast.
0: You are listening to the longest-running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Smart Gilas Filipinas podcast. Stancy and Romaran at your service for another wrestling-filled podcast for this week. It's my favorite time of the week, and I'm still
2: here. Still alive, still unbroken.
0: Glad to see that you actually made it after having gone through PWR Boot Camp.
2: Yeah, and it was very fun. I think I'd like to think that every one of us, every last one of us, and we were 15 new guys uh, in the boot camp. Every last one of us survived that camp.
0: Hey, tell us about it. I mean, I'm curious as to what you actually went through. And I'm sure our listeners will also want to know what actually went down inside boot camp.
2: Well, well for one thing, and I'm sure the, sa- uh, the guys will say the same, we got hurt. We got hurt. Um, there is no denying it. There is no way you can get around it. Um, we're learning how to wrestle. And lear- in learning how to wrestle, it's a given that you will get hurt. And the thing about that is, in learning how to wrestle, you will have to learn how to get hurt.
0: And you, you mentioned having gotten chops. Like, you, you went through chops, and this is something that we're going to get into later on with our special guests. But, you know, just right off the bat, how raw was your chest after boot camp?
2: Very, very raw. Um, actually, mine wasn't the rawest because um, one of our dudes, uh, Ralph, was, who is also now in SGP, what's up, Ralph? He got a, some wounds, a small wounds lung from, from getting chopped. Because that's, because, that's because Chris Panzer, shout out to Chris Panzer, lifted up his shirt, Ralph's shirt, and chopped him on his bare chest. And oh, everyone, everyone chopped him on his bare chest after that.
0: Right, but like for the rest of you guys, you guys were wearing shirts when you were getting your yeah.
2: No, everyone was wearing yeah, yeah, yeah. All
0: right, so so shampooing pag kada Oh shit, I got welts on my yeah, chest. Yeah, yeah.
2: After that, uh, my chest was as red as a tomato. Jeez. Basically, and um, actually, to be honest with you, after that, yung chest ko parang hazing papi.
0: Fu tangen It wasn't as bad, you know.
2: It wasn't as bad as you know, legit hazing. Right, but, you weren't
0: paddled, I'm sure.
2: And, and we don't like hazing for sure. But in a way, it was hazing because, um, as I said again, in learning how to wrestle, you have to learn how to get hurt, and you will get hurt. And it, it, uh, my chest didn't look as bad as um, uh, a new pledge to a fraternity.
0: Man, you know, uh, now that you mentioned fr- fraternities, let me just put it out there. I hate hazing. I don't approve of you know, what these fraternities do. If, I mean, if you, you want to belong in a society, you don't have to hurt other people.
2: But again, um, well, we have, it has to be said here, wrestling is a fraternity. It, it's is, it is basically a fraternity, but um, well, not to throw shade, but in wrestling we try not to hurt each other in the process of hurting each other,
0: which is a very nice paradox. Now that you think about it, especially for us wrestling fans, right?
2: It's it's uh, no, it's aggressive theater, right? Aggressive right. performance theater. Anyway, uh, again, going back to the boot camp, we learned the basics, the basic movements, really. Uh, Learn how to do rolls, uh, front roll, back roll, side rolls, tiger rolls, which is um, basically a side roll that involves uh, a bit of jumping, a, a more distance than height, and that's that's actually pretty fun to do. And then, uh, of course, he learned um, how to take a bump, as we all know. We all know what a bump is. Uh-huh. And uh, obviously, that had to be the most hard part of of the training.
0: So, what was the easiest part then? If the hardest part was taking a bump.
2: Uh, hi, hi. Uh, I said that's the hardest part, but I think for me, that was the easiest part. Wow. Not, not because... Look at you. No, 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 no. Not because it, it didn't hurt or anything. Because it hurt. Trust me, trust me, it hurt. Pero falling backward was the easiest motion you can learn how to do. Ah, uh, okay. Right. I, I can get behind that. It, it makes sense, right? Uh, for rolling, you have to learn how to, how to move your body in a way that produces the right roll. Right. And some, and I'm going to tell you right now, I had difficulties doing the roll at first because uh, I kept thinking about how I'm going to pull it off because I've never really rolled before. And when you... Th- Think too hard, and I'm going to say this later because when because um, I don't know have we said it already? Uh, we're going to interview our boy Jake DeLeon.
0: Yeah, uh, we haven't said it, but now that we you know not, now that the cat's out of the bag, we might as well say it. We've got a special guest on this week's episode of the SGB podcast. The señorita Jake DeLeon makes his second appearance on the show, making him our very first two-time two-time guest on the podcast. Right,
2: and in that interview, which we're which we're going to get to later, is uh, we're going to talk about some of the experience in boot camp, some of the experiences. And, Inga, um, I'm going to say now that I had a bit of difficulty doing the role because, uh, again, wrestling training is a way to tell you that you're probably not as athletic as you think you are.
0: Right off the top of your head, are there any funny stories from boot camp, like something you might want to share with our listeners?
2: Hmm. Well, Inga, the chops are funny. Because uh, as MDJ said, he om- he thinks he almost lost a nipple.
0: Okay, too graphic. <laughs> <laughs> so no, no, a little no, no. too graphic.
2: Uh, news r- news update: He did not lose the nipple. Thank God. <laughs> uh, and yeah, uh, uh, oh, we also had female boot campers. Uh, one is uh, a shout out to Vern. Um, she is a pretty skinny girl, but she did her best to do what was asked of her, and she also participated in the chops. And before we, you uh, know, before. Before we get any uproar over a wrestler, uh, a female uh, getting physical, it's she knew what she was uh, getting into. She knew what she signed up for, and she consented. Yeah, she consented, and she didn't. You know, she didn't back down when it was time to chop her. And because that... uh, the same way that she never really backed down when she was asked to chop us.
0: All right. So there's no problem with that. There's no issue whatsoever.
2: Yeah. And I hope you guys don't get into uh, an uproar over that. Because um, she knew what she was doing and she was a trooper. And she consented. That's the most important part. Right, right, right. So, yeah, uh, it was a fun experience. It hurt. Um, uh, MDJ said this, though. Um, it hurt... Um, wait, let me try to remember it. It hurt m- like you thought it was but not as much as you expected. Ah, I don't okay. get it.
0: No, I, I kind of get that, that feeling because that's... Um, you know, it's a very... St- uh, it's a stretch of an example but that's exactly what went through my head when I got my tattoo. Okay. Like, it hurt as much as I thought it would but not uh, not that much know, but it, but you for th- you approximate th- you thought it would hurt and it did but not as much as you expected it to be there you go right out of my mouth thank you so much
2: All right, so um, yeah um, but that's not to say that um, I'm not gonna expect things to be smooth sailing because the more we learn the more we're gonna get hurt and the the thing that I'm there is to do the things right so that you minimize the pain that you get
0: and this is going to be a regular thing for you moving forward every Sunday.
2: Right. Um, well, as much as possible, yeah. And, you uh, know, like I said, um, you do it right, it hurts. You do it wrong, it hurts more. That's what Bombay said.
0: So I, I like that you're learning a lot from boot camp. And, you know, I, I like that it's a lot of fun as well. And if... You've been following us on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash We actually have a lot of new members, and almost all of them come from uh, PWR Bootcamp.
2: Yeah, thanks to MDJ, who added everyone. Uh, hi, guys. I hope you're enjoying the group so far.
0: And welcome to SGP. This is what we're all about. We're all about educating, informing each other about new things, bringing new stuff to the table, and, of course, having fun. Oh,
2: so, funny story. During the training, I was there, right, And JDL and Mayhem. Kept making references to the podcast. Okay, wow. Yeah, yeah. and they, they, um, they were saying, "Oh, put th- uh, say this on the podcast." Blah blah. blah.
0: Interesting. I like and that. And I like some of that in
2: the group because uh, the boot campers have a secret, secret group that you cannot get into, which is not
0: so secret anymore. Now that we no, know I'm about saying, its existence, I'm just
2: saying that it's secret and you don't know what it's called. Okay, so you can't get into it. Right. You can only get into it when they add you. And someone was asking there. I, c- I can't remember who. Somebody mentioned something about a podcast. Okay. <laughs> and in comes me saying, uh, SGP Podcast, hello, backgrounder, me and Stan do a podcast on wrestling, and we have the PWR guys over regularly. So, yeah, and more. If you're, so, if you're one of those guys uh, who are new and listening to the podcast,
0: hello. And welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, uh, a lot of the things we do, of course, revolve around wrestling for this week. And let's start off with a list of things that we liked and didn't like about wrestling this week. We call this list, Spots and Botches. Let's start off with something off of SmackDown 15. They capped the show off, or they, you know, they they really hyped it up by putting on a 15-man tag team match. But wait, a 15-man tag team match. How the fuck is that going to work, Deba? Initially, I thought it was a triple threat tag team match composed of five-man tag teams. Wait, you forgot to say... Who came back for this? Right. They brought back two characters that I sorely, sorely missed. Okay, maybe one more than the other. <laughs>
2: right.
0: I miss Big Johnny more than Teddy. I'll right, tell you right, that. Right. So they brought back Big nah, Johnny and so Teddy.
2: You, you miss Big Johnny more than Teddy.
0: I miss Big Johnny more than Teddy. What? I did. I did. when I heard his music and the whole people power shtick. I, I, it just really cracked me up. Basically, they tried to rehash the Team Teddy, Team Johnny storyline, brought closure to it. And it was a good match, which featured a lot of the regulars you see on WWE TV. So you had uh, Golden Stardust, they were there, Cesaro was there, Damian Mizdow was there. Um, On the other side, on Team Teddy, it was Sheamus, uh, Jack Swagger, and Mark Henry, who were on Team Johnny back at WrestleMania 28. Was Zack Ryder there? No, Zack Ryder Mm -hmm. wasn't there, bro. He wasn't there. Okay, uh, but uh, you know it, it was basically a team of good guys on Team Teddy and a team of baddies on Team Johnny. A really entertaining and solid match all around. But to answer your question, in case you didn't see SmackDown, finally the fifteen man tag match yan. Well, they had two midgets, a half man on each side, which we're we're going to get to in a bit. We don't
2: intend to uh, insult any, you know, little people listening to the
0: podcast. No, we don't. We don't. Not one bit. The thing is, that's how they packaged it, right? Uh, When Teddy Long proposed a 15-man tag match, he said that El Torito on Team Teddy and uh, Hornswoggle the Gator on Team Johnny, that makes 15 men. Yep. Okay, I guess that makes sense now. It makes sense, storyline-wise, but of course, given the politically incorrect nature. God, this is America, damn it. Uh, America. That makes makes counting the little people as half-men a botch inside that spot. Oh, well. No, no, no. I think just
2: calling them half-men... Is enough to make it botch worthy.
0: Yeah, I mean it's not right, Deba, but you know the fact that uh, El Torito and Hornswoggle are actually capable wrestlers. They're actually good wrestlers, and uh, you know I mean Hornswoggle's
2: not a good wrestler. El Torino is a good wrestler.
0: But, you know, we know that they're reduced to a comedy stick. They're making the most out of it. But, you know, to just really rub it in their face and call them half a man, it's not right. And that's why that's a botch. But overall, that match was really entertaining. I like that it brought closure. I like the feel-good moment when Team Teddy finally won. And guys like Jack Swagger looked like they were having fun. They were all smiles, lifting Teddy up. You know, I actually half expected Swagger and Henry to drop Teddy on his head. (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, evolution, two thousand four.
0: That's right. A throwback from 10 years ago. I was expecting that to happen. Thank God it didn't. Um, but there, I think I've, I've said all I've had to say about that tag team match. Um, it, it was a good deal of fun and I'm glad that they brought it out for SmackDown 15 where at the end they declared uh, Teddy Long as the greatest general manager of SmackDown of all time. Right. Uh, let's move on to our next item on the list. Let's give you a quick rundown of the the rest of the items on the list. We're going to talk about TNA. Hell, TNA deserves two items on our list this week on spots and botches. One for Bound for Glory, and one for Tita Dixie. We'll <laughs> tell you about that later on. Shamian Sandow is a spot this week on the list. Uh, we're going to talk about Monday Night Raw and in its entirety and why it deserves to be on the list. AJ Lee's back on the list this week, and last item rounding up the list is the current storyline developing between Randy Orton and Seth Rollins. Now let's go back and talk about TNA. Let's talk about Bound for Glory and why it's a botch. Well, well, other than
2: the fact that once again it was not sold out, Korakuen Hall was not sold out. Um, there was some really shady promotion on Dixie's end, right there. First of all, Dixie was not in Tokyo. She was in Nashville um, watching from there, right? And, and that's that's problematic. Yeah, because the big boss has to be wherever the show is.
0: Right, in case some shit goes down. But you have the big boss, you have the head honcho calling yeah, the uh, shots.
2: Vince is everywhere, uh, except for maybe house shows and uh, most house shows. But wherever Vince is, uh, wherever WWE is is taping, is broadcasting, Vince is there. And Dixie Dixie to not be there is... Kind of a terrible message to send
0: to your your employees, considering that Bound for Glory is supposedly their alternative to WrestleMania, no, their WrestleMania,
2: right, right. And, oh, and there's another problem. It was not, in any way, a WrestleMania atmosphere. It was not a big ma- a big card feel. Well, Ganun, There wasn't a World Heavyweight Championship match because their champion Lashley was fighting for Bellator MMA, right, and. It was mostly a thrown-together card of some TNA guys versus Wrestle One guys, the, the partner Japanese promotion with TNA. And the matches involving the TNA guys mostly did not conform to what was happening, uh, the storylines
0: that were happening on Impact. And that's weird because hey, when you expect a WrestleMania type of pay per view, right? it's supposed to be the culmination or the blow off point for all the major storylines.
2: Yeah, instead, that thing, that culmination, happened on the Impact before
0: uh,
2: Bound for Glory.
0: Right. So what you got at Bound for Glory was basically a glorified house show. Yeah, that's,
2: that's what we said last week, and it's kind of the truth. It's, it's a glorified international house show. I'm not. I'm not sure if the wrestlers will tell you the same thing. Some of them are just, you know are loyal to the company and tow the company line. But, well, it's kind of really, really disappointing for the biggest show on the TNA calendar.
0: But on the lighter side of things, we got to call out something that was actually pleasantly surprising on the TNA end. As you know, we've taken a liking to following our Pinoy wrestlers. One of them is TJ Perkins, who sent out a tweet, and I quote, Salamat, Tita Dixie. Because uh, Tita Dixie, uh, Praised their
2: match in at Bound for Glory versus uh it's Manic, uh, his character versus Minoru Tanaka.
0: Right, right. And uh, Dixie did praise that. And uh, yeah, um, Tita Dixie. Wow, th- that's the f- I, I never imagined Dixie Carter being addressed as Tita Dixie. Hashtag Titas of Nashville. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you so much, T.J. Perkins, for giving us something nice to say about Bound for Glory over the weekend. <laughs> something to laugh about. Right, right. In a a very, very amusing and lighthearted way. Next item on the list, we've raved about him, but we just have to call out his performance at main event just a few hours ago as of of recording time. Shamian Sandow. Wow. You know, he stole the show. He stole that Miz TV segment. Damian Mizdow came out as the United States champion, Seamus, complete with a wig, fake facial hair, pasty skin, you know, the sleeves, and even all the way until his thighs... And he had the toy United States Championship.
2: I think this is what he has to do
0: now. Every time uh, Miz has a big
2: profile feud,
0: right? <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, disagree to that. You know, um, he was mimicking everything Seamus said. I mean, props to Miz now for actually taking time out to learn Sheamus's lines beforehand. Well, he takes time to do everything Miz
2: does in the ring in real
0: time. Right, right. And you know, all of the in all of the mimicry, all of the impersonations were spot on. They were right on the money. Mizdao is putting himself over, and dare I say it, he's working his way into a lot of people's a lot of people's fave five list. Yep, yep, yep. And
2: Inya, again, we've said it over and over. We've said it many times on this podcast. He's getting himself and my, the Miz over.
0: Right, right. And it's a, it, it's nothing but a good thing. I can't wait to see where this goes. I love how Miz Dow took you know took an opportunity and he ran all the way with it. He took the ball and ran with it. If you watch
2: uh, Damien Sandow's career in reverse, it's about a guy who is a stunt double for his Hollywood star. He has an identity crisis
0: and then he ends up being a genius. A super genius. A super genius. Becomes the, he becomes the intellectual savior of the unwashed mas- masses. Man, you know. If only. If If only. only. If only it were that way. But uh, regardless, what's happening right now is something we like and we want to see more of it. That's why Damien Mizdow, as whatever the hell you are, you are a spot on our list. Yeah, again,
2: he's building up the eventual Miz versus Mizdow feud. It's going to happen, for sure.
0: And I'm excited. It's not maybe in the near
2: future, not in the next couple of months, but it will happen given this um, growing support for Sandow.
0: And it's going to be a more compelling Miz versus Alex Riley storyline because people weren't so invested in Alex Riley back in the day. But, you know, people are fucking chanting for Miz now. People are chanting his name. And, uh, you know, he's over. He's very over. Right, uh, next item on the list, let's talk about Monday Night Raw as a whole. This particular episode was actually good. Very good, very good. Very solid hour of actually
2: nothing but wrestling. I don't know what happened there. I think... um, Maybe Vince saw all the negative reactions to last week's RAW. No,
0: bro. He listened to the podcast.
2: papi, yung apala, tama tama tama. Vince listens to the podcast.
0: What's up, VKM? <laughs> our biggest,
2: our highest profile listener. Anyway, yeah. So it it kind of looks like he learned from the, the the fiasco that was last week's RAW, and he did everything right. More wrestling, more. Um, relevant wrestling. I don't know if it's because it's two weeks going to Hell in a Cell, but even the celebrity appearances were done right. You no, know? um, after last week's uh, horrible, horrible reception to Hoda and yeah, yeah, and they kept uh, Todd Chrisley to the to the crowd and Nene Leakes as a really really minor supporting girl she was there but she was not you know hogging the spotlight
0: right like she was just a manager at the side during the Divas match and
2: I think that's the way to go for celebrities that, that don't really resonate with the WWE universe
0: or celebrities that don't really identify with the product because like when you had Hugh Jackman he really wanted to be part of the show he really wanted to be an active participant yeah but I still
2: want to see Stephen Amel on Raw so there you go
0: you know, a, a, a very vocal section of the IWC is still championing for, you know, Stephen Amell to make an appearance on Raw.
2: No, the the hype has died down, actually. But I still want to see it happen. I think he still wants to be on the show.
0: And uh, if if that happens, then good for you. That would be another good decision on, on the WWE's part. The
2: guy is really fit. He could pass for wrestling. He even said that he would uh, wrestle. He would take bumps and everything.
0: Really? Wow. He's wow. fit.
2: No, he really is that fit. Hey, but so they don't give him the David R. treatment. <laughs> well... He would make a a better champion Than David Arquette Mm. I'm telling you He he can't be a superhero Or a hero Without
0: looking the part Not for Grant Gustin though Not Grant Gustin No but Lightning gave him abs (laughs) Speaking of The Flash I haven't seen this week's episode But um, Let's uh, talk about The next item now On on the list Uh, AJ Lee What is up with AJ Lee? I mean, there's something seriously wrong with the way her character is being written right now.
2: Uh, Last week, she left Emma hanging. Now, Layla turned on her, which is you kind of... um, I think they intended for that to to make her more sympathetic. But given what happened last week... She deserved it. Yeah, you just kind of feel that she deserved it. Yeah. Yeah. And in the end, how is this making her a face if she's to be the face between her and Paige?
0: Right. What is happening here? No, I, I don't get it either. I mean... I don't understand what what's happening. Are they trying to ramp up her crazy
2: vibe? Because- are, are they trying to bury her? Because, um, well, according to Mets fan for life, she is really crazy. Jeez. Uh, what is happening here? But who? Okay, who then is your face? Because at this point, Emma looks like a bigger face than AJ. Layla looks like a bigger face than AJ. Well, not as before much. Before she turned on yeah, AJ. Yeah, before yeah. that. But what she said to Layla, right? She dislikes her the least. I right. was like Yeah, that's what like? she said.
0: Like I I'm going to tag with you because I dislike you the least. Parang how
2: does that make her
0: desirable? Yeah, but ang yabang ng dating, 'di ba? How can you root for somebody who treats other wrestlers like that? So that's something I find very very problematic. Something we find that WWE should rectify. But Layla is actually desirable.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm going to say that right here. But um I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. Uh
0: it's just, I just think they're trying to bury her for some reason, yo. Uh, well, you know, the rumors have been going around ever since CM Punk left. And because of the, you know, because of the marriage between CM Punk and AJ, it's, it's not too big of a stretch to assume nah, they're taking out the heat on AJ. But what are
2: they doing here? Is it because uh, they know that the fan base doesn't really like the Divas division as a whole and are willing to have AJ shit on the rest of them because they like AJ the most? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. If, if that's the case, it doesn't work because uh, you still have to portray AJ as a likable character, and that doesn't.
0: It just doesn't make sense. Like it's not as they would say best for business. It's really not. And I don't know. Is AJ okay with this? I bet she isn't. I mean, you know, they're poor. Uh, they're writing her character poorly, and I think I think she has enough sense To actually see what's going down.
2: I don't feel sympathetic for AJ after Layla turned on her.
0: Look, really? Because it, that was, that's what happened to Emma. Look, I find AJ pretty. I find AJ hot. You know, I, I still have the hots for AJ despite being I, Mrs. Buffy, Brooks. Buffy, there
2: is uh, a, a picture of AJ. Um, right, but she, I think she attacked Layla after the match. Right, yeah. Someone took a really, really nice photo of her bending over oh, at the God. right moment. All
0: right. I have a reaction to this but I'm going to tell you this off of the air, uh, you know, while we're not recording so I don't get any misogynistic remarks fine, hurled towards fine. me. But I'm going to look for that photo.
2: It's somewhere. I'm going to I'm going to look for it then. It's somewhere
0: there. Thank you. Thanks thanks for the heads up. But yeah, you know, I find AJ very desirable physically, but like like you said, I can't find myself or I can't see myself rooting for her. I, I can't find I, a reason to. At
2: this point, well, Paige... Pa- sorry, Paige A. <laughs> Paige a. What is Paige A? Paige, at this point, isn't also that likable. No,
0: she's not because she's supposed to be the bad guy.
2: And no, at this point then, they're not really writing her strongly as a heel either. She keeps on bringing out oh, all these other girls like Alicia Fox as her new best friend. But I'm not... It's not as hot as anything
0: as anything they've done in the past I'm sorry, I don't think it makes sense Like, so what are you trying to prove no
2: it's really just all lukewarm now now that AJ's doing this weird uh, limbo between face and heel it's all really just the momentum is really slowing down big time and they have to fix it soon
0: and this example of AJ being a tweener, being an ineffective tweener, is one reason why we should say this on the podcast. Now, you know, sometimes being a tweener isn't always a good thing. Exactly, exactly. Like sometimes you really have to have your clear cut designation or your clear cut, uh, clear cut allegiance, whether you're a face or a heel. You have to make that very clear because at at its core, wrestling is a story. We're telling a story here, and. In every story that succeeds, there's always a protagonist and an antagonist, and you have to have those roles clearly defined.
2: And who's gonna root for someone who leaves their partner hanging high and dry? Uh, nobody, you nobody, because you you wouldn't want that happening to you. Do you do, I- you're a jerk, you're an asshole, not a face.
0: <laughs> you don't deserve, you don't deserve to be called a good guy. All right, uh, um, are, are we good with AJ? Are we yeah, done yeah, shitting on her? Yeah, we are. Uh, shitting on her uh, okay <laughs> not not so good of a mental image but anyway uh, last no item <laughs> <with the signature. laughs> last item on the list the, this uh, this developing storyline between Randy Orton and Seth Rollins I'm a, I'm a fan of it right I'm a fan
2: of this as well because uh, it kind of gets Orton back after a quiet
0: Past couple of weeks. Dude, it makes him relevant again. Like it the does. way I see it, like he's he's trying to prove a point to Seth. Now I'm not yet a has been. I've still got it. And you have a long way to go before you get to where I'm at. Whereas there's Seth Rollins on the side going, fuck you for calling me the future. Fuck the future. I'm cashing in right now. And the thing about that is that's
2: the way you should book Orton, Because He's your number two heel. And Seth is creeping up on that spot, but until he does. Orton is your number two heel, but only behind Brock Lesnar.
0: And you know what I appreciate about all of this is that there, there are layers now to the, to, uh, to, the com- to the complexion of the rivalry. Like, you have, you have Cena and Dean going after Rollins, and then Cena and Dean have their own little issue. And now you have Rollins and Orton not on the same page, apparently. And it's nice because you can see some fissures developing within the authority.
2: Right, and you should book Orton as your number two heel, not your number one lackey. Right, uh, and and they have been doing that to him the past few Seth weeks. As more of a heel than a lackey. The thing with Seth, and it, you can't and you can't leave Orton behind because he's one of the guys. Whether you like him or not, he has star power, and he's good enough to elevate anyone
0: who steps in the ring with him. You know, we've seen this on WWE programming where Orton has actually been vocal um, in kayfabe about him not being comfortable being being the one to clean up Seth's mess. Right. And over the last few weeks, that's Him and Kane, Orton and Kane, have been cleaning up Seth's mess. Yeah,
2: Because he's been booked as a lackey. Right. And it's okay with Kane, but not Orton.
0: Yeah, because Randy Orton is, is not on Kane's level. He's not. He's, he's still, above
2: Kane's level.
0: Right, right. He is still uh, main event level, main event worthy. So, you know, um, I like this current direction where they're going. I can't wait to see where this goes. And I don't know. Um, I hope it leads a match between Randy Orton and Seth Rollins. Oh, By the way, To
2: everyone complaining that Dolph jobbed out to Orton. He didn't. Hashtag angry rant. He (coughs) did not. First of all, Ziggler lost a a hard-fought match. You know, Orton may have won cleanly and Cesaro was right there and he did not do anything to make Dolph lose. But Dolph gave it his all. He left his ass on the line uh, in that ring. And it was not like Orton squashed him. Right? And second of all, Orton needed that win. He really did. He, said he needed a win against someone who was credible. And in doing so, it did not tarnish the credibility of Ziggler in any way. He said, that's a per- perennial main eventer, a multi-time world champion, going against what a two-time world heavyweight champion, a forever intercontinental champion. Here's something I want to add to that. Okay. Randy Orton needed a win on his own. Exactly. Exactly. That's the thing. And it's more for Orton. And it doesn't take away from Dolph. No, it doesn't. And, and the last thing, we still have two weeks from the pay-per-view. That is more than enough time to you know, give Dolph his credibility back. I know he's, been, he's lost twice in a row now. Um, first to Rusev uh, last week on SmackDown. Yeah. And now to Orton but we have 2 weeks before the pay-per-view and that is enough time to book him strongly
0: no but i, I kind of get them on the other side of the uh, side of the issue i kind of get the uh the apprehension say, hey, you know if you, if your argument is champions have to be champions yeah i i get that they always no, have no, to come no, it's out looking strong no not
2: apprehension it's panic It's panic because the fans don't trust the WWE. But come on, he's your biggest, he's one of your most over champions. And it's not like he's been losing forever. Last week, he had two wins. Uh, One against, uh, in the six-man
0: tag match. And
2: second, a nice title defense against Bo Dallas.
0: At main event. Yeah.
2: And uh, come on, it's not like he's been jobbing ten matches in a row. So yeah,
0: uh, you know, I'm I'm actually in agreement with you here now. Guys. It was a good decision. Relax guys, it's
2: the world is not ending. Dolph was not squashed. He's still a strong champion. There's more than enough time to get back that heat. And at the end of the day, Randy really needed to yeah. win on his own. Rand, uh, you know, it goes back to what I said. Randy needs to be booked as a
0: number 2 heel, not the number 1 lackey. And you know, he proved it. Uh, you know, he proved he still deserved it and um it was it was good that they had that match. And that Seth was there. And then when Seth had his, had his match right afterward, Randy was there at ringside. That's, that's where they got the ball to roll on, on this storyline, which I am a huge fan of right now. Oh, by the
2: way, I forgot to mention in the Raw uh, item, Kanina. That's, the second hour of that Raw was three solid back-to-back matches. Can you believe that on a Raw in 2014? three solid back-to-back mid-card matches.
0: Right, you had Randy Orton versus Dolph Ziggler, followed by Seth Rollins versus Jack Swagger, and it was capped off by Big Show versus Rusev. Which was
2: also a solid match. And then, it wasn't part of the back-to-back, but you also had Miz versus Sheamus.
0: Right, right. Which is uh, which is really
2: good, because those two have chemistry. The same way uh, Cesaro and Sheamus had chemistry, and Miz and Dolph had chemistry. Not as much as Miz and Dolph, but uh, those two still have chemistry. And while I might say... in uh, it's not a good thing for Miz and Cesaro to trade championship pursuits. At least we still get some decent, solid matches out of the pairing, and that's something to be grateful for. Yes. Uh, wait. Do
0: we talk about grateful uh, gratitude now? Maybe we can save it for like uh, you know for for another day. Yeah, well,
2: Helen Cell is coming up soon. I think we should talk about it now.
0: You know what? Fine, yeah. Let's talk about gratitude. Uh, And when we say gratitude, we're referring to how... You know what? We're actually getting one of our dream scenarios.
2: Actually, we've forgotten to mention this on the
0: list. Uh, We're getting Dean and Seth Rollins inside a cell at Hell in a Cell. And this could potentially be our main event come October 26th. Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins inside Hell in a Cell.
2: Yeah, for those... Uh, we forgot to mention this as well. I don't know why we forgot. That. We totally left it out. Now, how,
0: how could he do that?
2: Uh, the contract on a pole match between John Cena and Dean Ambrose, which was supposed to be on the pay-per-view, happened two weeks earlier last Monday night on Raw.
0: You know what? At first, I I was panicking. I was like, "Why are they giving away a match yeah. for free?" But yeah. I'm coming from the perspective, that I was expecting a mini WrestleMania 30 right. moment, yeah. where you know I'm rooting for the indie darling, for Dean Ambrose to you know get over that glass ceiling that you know John Cena symbolizes, and then to head off into the main event against Seth Rollins. But now, now that I've had a couple days, uh, now, now that I've had you know some some time to step back and just think about it. I'm okay. I'm okay with what happened. I'm okay with them holding that contract on a pole match on Raw, just because it gives them more time to write, uh, write the stories. Heading to hell in a cell.
2: Not just that, but I also know a lot of you are complaining about contract on a pole match just because it's a pole match. So that takes away all the bullshit that we have to go through um, had the match happen on the pay per view.
0: Yeah, because the bullshit happened on Raw, and you know it it was kind of it 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 was was nice.
2: For one thing, I had faith in John and Dean, close me, that they would pull off a nice match the same way Dean and Seth, close Kameh, pulled off the Lumberjack match at SummerSlam.
0: Yeah, but you know, um, people now are bitching about how Randy Orton and John Cena are going to have to face each other as a result of the corollary of that match.
2: But yeah, There you go. That's the knee-jerk reaction of everyone who was tuned in. That night. Can I be clear though on my position? Like when I bitch oh, about say, something, hey. I bitch. No, no, wait, wait, wait. Let me just describe it, Mona. Then you can piece. Yeah, Sure, sure. Right, sure, anyway. sure. Uh, that was a knee jerk reaction. Instead of celebrating the fact that we're finally getting what I hope is a blow off feud between Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins inside a cell at uh, Hell in a Cell, Duh. Um, <laughs> where everyone else is instantly bitching about the fact. That we're once again getting Cena versus Orton
0: at the same show. at In a, paper, in a Hell in a Cell as well, right? If right, If I'm not right. mistaken. Right, right. And, you know, I bitch too. That was my knee-jerk reaction as well. But I was bitching not because we're getting Cena-Orton again, but because we're getting Cena-Orton Cena inside the Cell. Because I'm coming from the perspective naman, that I'm a Cell purist. Right. Like, I believe the Cell should really be reserved lang for top feuds like Dean Seth or Cena-Brock. Like, naturally, and we've mentioned this on the podcast before, we were really expecting John Cena and Brock Lesnar to have their third match inside Hell in a Cell. And now, we haven't even heard from Heyman as to why Lesnar won't be at the pay-per-view. We haven't heard from Lesnar himself. We haven't even seen uh, a a leg or a limb from the guy. And we're supposed to just... Uh, take in the fact that scene Orton inside the cell is going to happen when they haven't really had much story to go on. So if you're going to build a story in less than two weeks, it dilutes the power of the cell.
2: I don't, I don't see, I mean, I agree with you actually. Um, but I think, man, I'm kind of an optimist here that they have two weeks. And while, not, while that may not be a long time to write, it's still enough time before the show to make something out of nothing or relatively nothing. Because, uh, well, I think the best way to go here is to focus the story on Orton instead of Cena. Because Orton is the one fighting for relevance here. And if we make the story about Orton trying to prove himself as one of the top guys in the business right now, then that would make a far compelling story then, I don't know, whatever Cena might have to do with Orton now because now he has two
0: weeks to think of something, I guess. Let me ask you this. Is it actually compelling to write a story like that for a bad guy like Orton? Like, Because it's very sympathetic, right? Someone fighting for relevance, someone who's trying to prove that he still has it. So how do you, how do you uh, write that well for a baddie like Randy Orton? Well, you just, you just write the same thing but
2: you make him a douchebag about it.
0: Never right? Which is what he's doing, basically, yeah,
2: with basically Seth, right now. Yeah, him, him and Seth—that's uh, what he's doing. He's proving it in a really, really dickish way, I guess. But um, if the rumors for Orton's face turn are true, then I guess this is the spark that ignites that flame.
0: Meaning, people will start uh, being sympathetic towards Randy Orton, and then that's what's gonna uh, what's what's gonna initiate a turn. Oh, okay, yeah, I guess.
2: Anyway, going back to Cena uh, Orton vis a vis. Ambrose and Rollins first of all can we at least be grateful for one moment that we're getting the match we wanted in Dean versus Seth you
0: know on behalf of everybody I'm grateful man yeah
2: yeah I, I'm yeah, saying yes I know, I know you are but I really do see a lot of people complaining about Cena Orton that's the again I, I said Canina, that's a knee jerk reaction why can't it be the fact that yay we're getting Dean and Seth in a cell that should be really really fun right why can't this be the moment that happens? Why do we have to be all negative and shit about this? Just because we're getting this one match that has been played over and over and, and um, which history has told us isn't going to be overwhelmingly anything. It's just going to be there.
0: It's going to be meh. I get, um, again, I guess it just goes back to it being a knee jerk reaction. Like, give it a few days. Give it a few days. By next week's Raw, I I don't think people will be bitching about it as
1: yeah, much. Look,
2: I, that's my problem. Why can't the knee-jerk reaction be positive instead
0: of negative? Come on, guys. This is why you can't have nice things. Now, it's human nature, man. It's human nature. And I, I don't want to speak on behalf of everybody, but it's just really human nature to you know focus on the negative first. Focus on what we don't have instead of what we do have. De-ba? Uh,
2: you, could, you, you told me that this is what we were supposed to get because we deserve it. But that is no excuse to not be grateful, I think. Uh, why not be grateful for everything you get that you wanted, right? Come on, guys. Um, we're being dicks here. We're to, being total dicks here. And, and in defense of Cena and Orton, to, just to play devil's advocate for them, how do we know that they're gonna, not going to put a fun match? It's Cena and Orton inside a cell. Why can't that be a fun idea? Because before, we just get them in traditional matches, and I guess the most fun we've seen them was in um, a TLC match. Right, right, that TLC match. But how do we know this isn't going to be fun? How do we know that Orton isn't going to make this fun? How do we know that Cena isn't going to make this better? Or Orton is going to improve from his usual you know, methodical pace? Yeah, we don't. We, we have but, no idea. It's way too early to judge anything. The idea isn't exciting, sure, but at least, come on. At least we have something to, you know, sweeten our palates in Dean and Seth. At least the idea of that should make you excited. Do we really have to drag ourselves down and sabotage our own hype with our, with
0: our negative feelings for CNN and Orton? Alright, I'm going to do you solid right here. On behalf of everybody on the internet who made this knee-jerk reaction, I'm going to apologize to you, Roe. Right? I'm going to apologize on behalf of all these people who made this knee jerk panic reaction. Is that going to make you happy? Are you going to be satisfied if I apologize on behalf of all these people? Hey,
2: papi naman, I know you weren't, I mean, I know you specifically weren't this problematic with this. You know, you, you stated your reasons. I agree with those reasons. And they're valid points. Everyone else um, is just complaining. And I think they're the same guys who complain that Cena is a third wheel in Seth and Dean.
0: No, I, I mean like I guess just to wrap this up you know so we don't digress too much um, I, I guess this is why we're doing what we do you know this is why we talk about this that's, that's why we hash it out we try to educate and for the people who you know who stumble upon the podcast stumble upon the things we write on the internet and say on the internet um, this is us just trying to inform everybody and educate everybody so you can expand your, your point of view and look beyond what you see Yo, halang naman sa akin, because uh, a lot of
2: people get burned out by wrestling because they don't like what's on the product but at the same time, these are the same people who keep finding things to criticize and be, you know, be that downed by. And what you and I, we, while we criticize, we also mark out for the little things.
0: Yeah, there are a lot that, of good that's things. What,
2: that's what I think makes us keep watching this shit, even though it could get really terrible at times. Right, because, you know, through the shit, there's always bound to be a gem somewhere. And this is why we love wrestling, because of the things that we do like. Right, yeah, right. And not... And I think it's taking it way too seriously if you keep getting disappointed and get you know really legitimately heartbroken by the bad things yeah, but it's just you 're just you know you 're just not
0: doing yourself any favors all right no i, I get that that's that 's something i I totally get so you know um we we 've actually got a very packed show aside from us you know uh running down raw running down um this week in wrestling and uh I guess Now's the time for us to get you excited because it is going to be a better show. Uh, well, not not necessarily a better show, but you know it's going to be a very fun show because we've got an interview on our hands with none other than the Senorito Jake De Leon. Leon. right? And it's coming up in about a few seconds, so hang on. <music> On this week's podcast, we have another special guest from Philippine Wrestling Revolution. Let's welcome back to the SGP Podcast. A good friend of ours, they call him the Senorito, Jake DeLeon. JDL, welcome back to the
1: SGP Podcast. Hey, what's up guys? What's up, my amigos? How you doing?
0: Amigos, that's something new. I mean, last time we talked, you were calling your pals, your followers, your your Alipins. alipins. I was
1: actually, I addressed this about, I don't know, maybe a month ago. I posted it on my Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash JDL Senorito. I talked about, yes, I do respect leap-ins, the hardworking ones, and then I hate the leap that are douches. But then I realized that by calling them a leap I'm actually putting them in the same light as the douches. Right, right. So might as well not want to put them in that bad light. So i am decided to call all my fans and my lady fans Amigos and Amigas. So you and had to make that distinction. Yeah, we might as
2: well uh, talk about why he has to make this distinction. Uh, Stan, you, we, um, our friend Nisi Icasiano wrote uh, a review of PWR Renaissance for Rappler.com.
0: That's right. And he had a lot of things to say about Jake DeLeon. So let me quote it now from his piece on PWR Renaissance. And I quote... On a personal note, Jake DeLeon's stature as an aristocratic hachendero from Negros Occidental somehow disqualifies him from being a face or a good guy aggravating it is his use of the term Alipin, which is Tagalog for slave. If we're going to look at other elitist figures, such as John Bradshaw Layfield and Alberto Del Rio, the character is more suitable as an antagonist in a storyline and can easily play a role in Brian Leo's Royal Flush Group. Now, in terms of skill set, the chap is admirable. He's able to unbelievably execute moves with ease despite his size and bulk. At least they're so in the
1: Thanks for that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but,
0: you know, at least we've proven, Nissy, you don't listen to the podcast, bro.
1: <laughs> Sorry, bro, but you
2: don't listen to the podcast. We addressed this very issue the last time JDL was here.
1: Oh, oh by the way, am I the first two-time guest?
0: Yes, you That's are. Right. Yes. yes, you are. You're the first two-time, two-time <laughs> guest on the SVP podcast. Awesome.
2: Yeah, so what do you have to say about that? I'm sure you know that uh, not everyone likes a rich guy. But uh, you're not
0: the you're not the bad kind of rich guy, from what we've seen. You're a man of the people. How how do you? you know, what's your comeback, or what do you have to say to Nissy's comments? Yeah, I mean,
2: like we doubted it at first, but yeah. apparently, merapong nandoon hindi yeah. hindi nakabili.
1: Well, for me, I respect his opinions, but then again, it's I I leave it all up to the fans. If they hate me, they hate me. If they like me, they like me. But well, back in PW Renaissance, I just well, I, if you saw me shaking the hand of everyone there, I just wanted to thank all of those who came out. Uh, supported PWR, the revival of Philippine wrestling. I just wanted to shake everyone's hand there. Papi, yeah. I wanted you to shake my hand. I, I'm sorry. You didn't go to the <laughs> VIP section. <Yeah>. I, I, <laughs> I was kind of excited to get in the ring. I'm very sorry. But Inya, uh, y- yeah, um, he was
2: uh, shaking everyone's hand, and everyone was happy about it. So that means JDL is over, right?
0: JDL has gotten fan support, and that's a very, very good thing. Uh, despite
2: the, you know, the obvious connotations of being uh, a haciendero character.
0: And apparently, he's out to prove people wrong. Now, JDL, you have to tell us, fill us in. What's new with you since PWR Renaissance?
1: Um, Well, what's new with me after that? I've been back at training. Uh, My legs fully healed right now Uh, after that big, uh, you know, after Brian Leo was kind of dissecting it during the match. Right, right. Yeah. He
0: did dissect it. And there were a lot of shenanigans that went on, at, uh, especially towards the end. Can you tell us about it from your point of view? Everything
1: that happened. Yeah, uh, what,
2: what was going through your mind uh, with all those match restarts and then the, the other match at the end?
1: Well, it was very hectic. But then again, it's all part of the... You know how things in basketball games don't go as planned. You know how the recent Ateneo and game had that... Was it a 20 minute timeout? Cause oh, naman no yeah. ang Tagaloon. 20 yeah. minute time. Yeah. There's, there are bound to be some technical glitches, some things that happen. But again, yeah, just, you just have to focus and then push through it. And you have to do your best in everything that you have to do anyway. So might as well go through it. Yeah.
0: I'm glad you're not taking the loss you know, harshly. Because, of course, you know, Brian Leo really wanted to make a point yeah. to beat you one last decisive time in uh, the ring.
1: Well, for that restart, um, well, I just wanted to shut him up one last time and I. Honestly, I paid for it. Well, do, do, do restarts
2: ever really count? <laughs> That's the thing, right? Do they ever really count? I mean, uh, we all know that the first match is the, that match.
0: Right. The first match is what really matters. The so restart, it's a, it's a rematch. there's a reason why that rematch took place. And it's because we know that JDL defeated Brian Leo. But I'm guessing from what happened at the end of Renaissance that this isn't over between you and Brian Leo, is it?
1: It's definitely not over. I'm, if the PWR powers that may be see it fit that me and him clash together again, I'm all for it. Speaking of uh,
2: Brian Leo, he has a, a thing against Mayhem Brannigan, right? And as we all know, after Renaissance, uh, after Mayhem Brannigan was carried out of the building by well security, he has now been, uh, he, he has been jailed. Um, he's been released now but nobody knows who bailed him out
0: right nobody knows who bailed him out JDL your name came up in the conversation yeah yeah the the bail was high I listened
1: to the podcast last
0: week Chong ang mahal lang bail yeah mahal yun 250,000 pesos if I'm not mistaken that is sorry 150,000 pesos how's that big that's that's not chum change bro yeah so you know regardless of how much that amount of money is JDL we have to look at you because you're the one with all that money
1: were you the guy who bailed Mayhem Brannigan out well Look, uh, no matter how how good friends we may be, Mayhem Branigan, uh, I was I was thinking about it, but I have to say I wasn't the one who bailed him out. But you were his first phone call.
2: Yeah, only phone call.
1: So what, wait, what happened there? Yeah, ano you Well, we were talking about all the things that went all the things that went down through Renaissance, and then we were talking about why he was jailed. Wrestling's a contact sport, guys. Like I said earlier, you can't control everything that happens in a match, whether it be technical glitches or injuries. You're bound to well you you're in there to hurt someone right bail me out of jail, I'm in fucking prison yeah he he well, he didn't really have to beg me for it. He just kind of said, "I don't know, he just kind of said, nah well, if you can help me out and then I told him I'll see what I can do but i as I was about to, he was already bailed out, was, so you were about to as I was about to no 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 no.
0: Na unahan ka all right all right uh, now okay so for the record let's just make it very clear recap, jdl recap recap jdl it's replay. you were the first phone call yeah and you talked about wrestling you talked about what happened at renaissance and you were about to bail mayhem branick out he was out. going to do it pero na unahan ka yeah i was okay. Alright, I'm glad that's clear Mabuti malino yun Cause like I Right now we're trying to be detectives Here on the podcast We're trying to look for this dude Who's bailing Mayhem Brannigan out oh,
1: Tell me if you find anything out I, I want to know as well oh, We don't know anything yet
2: So we'll, I guess we'll keep interviewing people Until we
0: find something out It's bound to be somebody in the, On the PWR roster That's for sure Nicole Brannigan Nicole Brannigan How you go, yeah. Nicole Brannigan This is a shout out to you Miss Nicole Brannigan You've put uh, you've put yourself on the short list of possible candidates. <laughs> All right. Now, um, of course, aside from PWR Renaissance, you've been keeping yourself busy. You were at PWR boot camp last Sunday, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was. Yeah. Tell us about it. I mean, I wasn't there. I know Ro was there, but I want to hear it from your point yeah, of view. Yeah. Right.
2: Before I say anything, I'd like uh, JDL to say his piece first.
0: Right. You were one of
1: the trainers there. I'm sure. So yeah. tell us about it, man. Well, it was a very interesting morning. Uh, it was actually a big turnout. I didn't expect that. Fifteen people were joined it um, it was a good all, uh, good, clean fun I saw a lot of guys that have potential uh, even there was a girl who has good potential um, yeah I put them through the basics of what uh, the PWR guys had to go through when we started like what so okay. tell us
0: about it for the newcomers who aren't familiar with PWR training okay.
1: well first of all we started with very uh, extensive stretching because you know uh, you know how injuries might happen are <laughs> flexible yeah, guy. Yep. yeah. That's the main thing, uh, and then I started off with the basic rolls, in uh, learning how to take. Before you learn how to take bumps, you l- you have to learn how to take your rolls: front rolls, side rolls, back rolls, uh, back rolls, the whole thing. And then after that, uh, that's where we went into the good stuff. The See, what, what are the good stuff? Uh, the on. good stuff. You're gonna have to yeah. fill
0: me in, brother. What what's
1: what's the good stuff? The good stuff are the bumps. <laughs> hey, Ro, Ro Ro has something to say about that. Yeah,
2: uh, it's no it's no joke, um as we all know, okay, we're breaking it down for you. We have to learn how to fall as wrestlers, uh, or as aspiring wrestlers. You really have to learn how to fall and fall properly. Um, um I, I don't want to see. I don't want to sound like uh, I'm talking down, but a lot of the guys were having a hard time falling properly because uh, it's kind of hard to force yourself to to go down that yeah. fast to the mat and hurt yourself. Yeah, because person's uh, first, first instinct.
1: It's not to fall, obviously. Yeah, it's it's to catch yourself. And when you're falling, obviously you want to block yourself. You want to block your fall with your hands. But that's not supposed to be. You're supposed to actually spread out the pain. You're supposed to hit the meatiest part of your back, which is the upper back. And then you're not... If I mean, if you block your fall, there's my there's chances of actually getting more injuries, like your arm getting bent up or everything.
0: Right. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but this has, uh, this has something to do with the surface area of the body, right? Yeah. Like the more pain is concentrated to a particular area, mas masakit kasi mas sharp. Yeah. So when you spread it out, uh, you know, dun mo na spread yung pain as well. Yeah.
1: You right, have, right. You really have to spread it out. Uh, similar to a lot of what uh, judo judo practitioners do when uh, when they start out. They really have to learn how to fall, and when when I noticed when I tried out a bit of judo training as well, they really spread out their bodies whenever they fall, just to make sure that their arms don't get bent up, their legs don't get hurt or anything.
2: Hey, I gotta ask you, man. Um, we did bumps right, and uh, a lot of the guys weren't uh, were on the way to doing learning how to do it right. But how long did it take you to do uh, to take a bump right?
1: Uh, it took me. I don't know I, I was able to do it after the first training but I really actually got it down around second training yeah because um, I think uh, the thing I,
2: I learned was that it it's it's easy to be hesitant at first but once you start getting hurt a bit it's more comfortable on getting hurt again uh, yeah it's, it's basically a sadistic kind of thing I was about to say that Yeah. yeah. yeah it is masochistic, masochistic. Yeah, yeah, sorry sorry masochistic my bad my thank bad. you and uh, what about the roles and stuff? Because hey, um, that's where, I, you know this, that's yeah. where I had uh, some problems. Yeah. Because it's something, uh, when you see it on TV, uh, it's something that you think you know. Because maybe when you were a kid, you were just uh, that energetic. And maybe you're just rolling around all day while, while you were playing. But uh, when you're older, when you're you know, less mobile, when you're less um, flexible and mobile, uh, and then when you're not as athletic... Uh you think you know how to do it, but it turns out sometimes you don't. So yeah. how long did it take you to get that part down, Pat? Uh
1: honestly the roles were the really easier part for me. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yes, yeah. Um I know what this because uh, for some people it was easier for them to roll. Yeah. to do some roles, but you know, maybe not all but some. Yeah. But uh there are other times then uh it's just really yeah, I- I- like I said earlier, you think it's easy but when you try to do it you you're all discombobulated and yeah.
1: you're all disoriented. That's another thing about rolls. Uh, not only do they help you with your flexibility, do not Not only do they help you with your moves in the ring, but it's sort of a practice also for your ring awareness. When you're rolling, you don't know where you're landing, yep. right? So that's why you have to perfect your rolls to know where you're at. Uh, you know, you have to be ring aware at all times. Right. And um, I think, uh, no, um, you know, again, not trying to talk
2: down on everyone else who was in the camp because I was there too. And I can say the same thing for myself. Uh-huh. I think... Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you share the same opinion, but I think the main thing that we all need to work on, uh, all of us who are only try- are only learning how to do this now, is to not think about how to do things and
1: just do them, right? Yeah, that's uh, one of the main things when we started out. Um, we didn't really think about the science a lot. We just wanted to do it. Okay. So that's why I guess uh, the originals, the PWO originals, who started out training around. January this year. NUX originals. Right. Like I like yeah, how yeah, you guys have yeah. a label now. You know the originals. Well, yeah, <laughs> we were the people crazy enough to actually go to a kind of a cement ring. Uh-huh. Yeah. Try it out there. Right, and, yeah.
2: and, and they said we're going to do that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Sometime in the fun. future maybe. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: I, I want to ask you this. Like I, I saw your first match with Ken Warren at Revolution. Now one yeah. of the things that really caught my eye in uh, what you did in the ring was your kip up. Yeah. And that's something not a lot of people can actually do. Like can you take us through, you know, learning how to do a kip up and uh how conceivingly did... hard it yeah. is.
2: Well, first of all, when did you learn how to do it? Um uh,
0: I just kinda did it. <laughs> so Manu, did you discover uh, During, the high during, level, during your yeah. during
1: training, uh during wrestling training? Uh yeah. Uh we were trying out uh different things during wrestling training. Okay. And I tried tried kipping up and then oh I could do it. And then so it it, it just came naturally to you. Yeah.
0: But how, how deceivingly hard did it, uh, is it? Because I, like, um, I always like to th- look at the kip-up and yeah. think, uh, shit, I can do this. It looks easy.
1: Yeah. And I tried it. Really it looks easy. But
0: it was actually pretty hard on me. But you me. know it's how to really do it. it, right? I know how to do it, but it's actually pretty hard.
1: There's actually a, a science to it if you think about it. You have to go, well, your legs have to go sort of in a 45-degree angle, in a triangle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, go degree and then land straight. Right. But, you know, science really didn't bode well for me. But so I just had to, you know.
2: The thing to say with, uh, with moves like that, with, uh, with some athletic moves, is that if you never had experience doing them before or successfully doing them before, you kind of try, uh, before them, you kind of try and think about how you're going to do them. And that's where, uh, that's where you kind of start failing to do the move. Right, say, right. yeah, uh, you know, like I was saying earlier, the roles, uh, at first I was failing at them because I was trying too hard to think on how I was going to do them.
0: Just but, do it. Yeah, yeah, just do it. But during the boot camp, uh, I just gotta ask this: Because uh, I know that there are good students, and I'm sure there were bad students. Meron naging ng boot camp? Was Ro one of those pasaway guys? Well,
1: surprisingly, he wasn't one of them. Ah, so meron meron mga pasaway. It wasn't hashtag hero then. So <laughs> hey,
2: hey, hey, I know, I know my shit. I know, um, I have to respect my teachers. Uh, you
1: shut your mouth, and you knew your damn role exactly. Yeah, but indeed. No, no one was was really, you know, no one was. Uh, honestly, everyone was there to learn, so that's a good thing. Uh, there were some people who were talking on the side sometimes, but you just tell them now. Can, can you watch the things that's happening in the ring well, yeah, the and thing, thing I'm
2: about talking on the sides is that uh, a lot of the guys yeah. who were doing that were you know going over uh, w- what the lesson was what the current lesson was and trying to figure out how to do it best well that's just me you know uh, defending everyone else yeah.
0: no and I get that um, I saw some of the photos and I saw that you know there were personalities who were also there so can you take us through who was doing the training and I saw that there was one international wrestler there can you tell us about this guy and how he made it to boots? Camp,
1: oh, yeah. Um, actually, that international trainer who was there was a wrestler from 4FW uh, promotion in England, in, right? Oh, okay, it, well, no, I don't know if it's England, but it's in the in UK. UK. Yeah. Okay. His name is So Sai King. Uh huh. He's actually half, half Filipino and half Chinese. Like, Hold uh, oh, on, half, half Filipino, half Chinese. Yeah,
2: wait, for real? I yeah. thought he was like uh, all Chinese because uh, no, no, no. Uh, so that's why he said he was happy about wrestling in the Philippines, yeah.
0: Alright, because oh. you and I were talking about this on Facebook. said shit, like a Chinese wrestler, a yeah, yeah, Chinese wrestler made me happy.
1: Yeah. Yo, I just thought he was Chinese. No, um, he was actually here on vacation to visit his okay. family. Alright. So that's yeah. awesome. No, no, no. He um, when we talked to him, he said he could he could talk in Tagalog, but he doesn't really do it anymore because he has the thick uh British accent. He does,
0: now, yeah. yeah. Interesting, interesting.
1: Yeah. Wow, so a half Pinoy, half Chinese wrestler from the UK. Yeah. Uh, again, his
0: name is Sosai King. Yeah. And uh, who else was doing the training aside from, uh, you know, aside from you guys?
1: Um, aside from you? Uh, Bombay Suarez. Our, our, uh no. PWR's head trainer. So the boot camp was powered by Bombay. Powered by Bombay. It's always ha- it always has been and always will be powered by Bombay. Yeah, and uh, Chris Panzer made a little visit yeah. to
2: uh, to the boot camp.
0: No, I heard he did make a good impression on some people through his chops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I heard about that. Yeah.
2: Wait, can we talk about the chops? Is it a thing yeah. we can talk about? Is it
0: something we can talk about? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's talk about chops. I know your chest was raw, but take us through the experience <laughs> of receiving a chop for the first time.
2: Can we? Can we talk? No, can we talk about that? That little ritual we did. Yeah. Um, can we do that? All right. No. Okay, this little ritual which we did at the end of of the boot camp,
1: sort of just a welcoming for everyone. Yeah. Who's yeah.
2: there. Are we doing that uh, from here on? No. Are
1: we? Um. We'll see if there are newbies. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs>
2: and okay. So. Basically, someone gets propped up in the corner and then everyone goes around in a circle taking turns chopping at him. And then uh, after the last guy finishes chopping, the next guy in that line will take his place in the corner and that na. <laughs> yeah,
1: so basically you take uh That was around fourteen chops each yeah. right? per person. No,
2: yeah. fourteen plus you guys. So oh, yeah. like sixteen. Well, seven, 17, right. 17, yeah. Holy
0: shit. Yeah. Holy shit! Your yeah. chest will be raw. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, as Sosa King said, um, it's only for a matter of three seconds, two to three seconds. So you might as well just sit there and take it. Unless you were chopped by him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bombay had the honor of being chopped by Sosa King. Yeah. And we also had, uh, as uh, JDL said, we also had uh, female uh,
0: boot campers.
1: Yeah. How many? How many were they? Um, there was one new yeah one new female boot camper.
0: Interesting, interesting. I, I, I'm
1: liking the sound of it. I mean,
0: I've made it clear on the show that uh, you know, a wrestling ring is no place for me. But from the, from the stories I'm actually hearing, I love it. I, lo- I love how you guys are taking uh, the, these newcomers yo, into the wrestling into the fold.
2: Yo, the girl, Vern, yeah? she's more of a man than you are. She took
0: all our chops. Oh, yeah. fuck you, man. <laughs> you I just know, shut my mouth. I know my damn role. Funny thing That's is, what it is. Even though, uh,
1: there was a lot of guys that were obviously awkward at first. So most of them ended up chopping her throat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. one of them because, uh, you know, um, you kind of you kind of just try to chop the
2: upper part of the chest, right? You, you, for obvious reasons. Yeah, for obvious reasons. And then you, you kind of end up chopping the
1: throat. But, but etiquette-wise, ano ba dapat yung
0: kalakaran sa ganun? Well, No,
1: uh, everyone, everyone's a man in the ring.
2: Everyone, no, everyone yeah. is brothers in yeah. the ring. Yeah.
1: Okay. There's. There's no gender bias if you're in the ring, you're in the ring, yeah, and she chopped this too, yeah, like yeah she so it, chopped this pretty down.ar She
0: from a guy, awkward guy, you said it yourself, so find, how do you navigate that awkwardness while not trying to hit her throat? You just do it,
2: yeah, you just yeah. really do it, yeah, like I said kanina where where you fail is when you think about how to do something, you just gotta stop thinking and just do it, Wow, somebody's talking
0: like a veteran no
2: it's a lesson you learned at the first, I uh, know, yeah.
0: Alright, no, I'm glad that you're spouting the lessons that you learned. But you know, I'm I'm just ribbing you the fact now, holy shit, somebody's acting like a like I'm a veteran in the ring. I am not. No, but um boot you camp could be chopped by a girl. Uh no thank you. Boot camp, of course, uh it happened last Sunday, and I believe there's gonna be another boot camp. There are
1: more boot camps moving forward. Can you tell I us about boot, this? Yeah, sorry. Oh yeah. Uh, um boot camp's gonna be a weekly thing. But that's why we had that we had people actually message our page for them for their entry. Yeah. Right. What uh, As of now, uh, with the powers that be in PWR, I don't think it's allowable anymore. But, yeah, and we're kind of a lot now. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a good number of uh, people who actually uh, did the tasks that we asked them to do and then gained their entry into the boot camp. So this is going to be a regular thing moving forward with the same set of people who were there? Yes. Yeah.
0: Assuming they come back, right? <laughs> so it's yeah. going to be every Sunday now?
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
0: Every Sunday PWR boot camp and how many sessions will this boot camp run until your boot campers graduate into main roster members? That's a good question. I don't
1: know this.
0: when do these guys get
1: <laughs> called up? That's actually a secret for now.
0: Yeah. Alright, alright. But, but so there are standards. I'm assuming there are standards that these motherfuckers have to meet.
1: Yeah, there are. Uh it's actually up to the trainers to see if they are fit. Yeah. And are you one of those guys making the call that ah
0: this guy's gonna this guy's gonna cut it, this guy's not gonna make the cut? I guess I am. I train them every week. And uh, of course the these uh Sunday training schedules they happen
1: in the morning. Yeah. Uh uh but from now on it's going to be uh from 10 to 2. Yeah. Ain't hey, no better way to start your Sunday than by getting your ass chopped in the ring, do right? Yeah, and come
0: Sunday morning rolls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sunday morning people are rolling. Uh, uh wait wait, I just want
2: to say uh the, I think the one the thing I liked most about Source King is that uh, he saw a bunch of different uh, body types and uh, skill levels in the ring, but he never once discouraged anyone from, you know, pursuing the dream. Yeah. Uh, he didn't say, oh, you're too fat or, oh, you're too small or, oh, you're too unathletic, whatever. He never said any of that. He just said, uh, keep, just keep doing it and follow, uh, listen to your teachers. Yeah. So, you know, uh, he's a real class act for, saying, for being like that.
0: All right, and uh, of course, I'm, I'm happy that you guys you know, had a great experience uh, at boot camp and with uh, Sosai King. But JDL, now I want to ask you, um, what, do we have, what can we expect from Jake DeLeon? And since you mentioned that the Brian Leo situation isn't over as of yet, is there anything you'd like to say to the Royal Flush?
1: Well, as of right now, Royal Flush, you better be watching out because minimum wage and maximum wage is coming for you. Strong words. Yeah. Minimum wage, maximum wage. And
0: I still can't get over from when I first saw that that uh, tagline some six months ago. Yeah. I was sold. I love the tagline. Um how about how about um mayhem Brannigan? I mean I know you've cleared the air, yeah, but is there anything is there anything uh that's gonna happen between Jake DeLeon and Mayhem Brannigan moving forward?
1: Well uh on a competitive standpoint?
0: Yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean, like, I want to ask about your relationship moving forward with Mayhem Branigan.
1: Uh, well, for now we seem to be on pretty good terms. Oh, by the way, uh, there's a petition going around for his resigning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want you guys released, right? Yeah. Right.
0: Yes, he was. He was.
1: Um, there's a anonymous fan out there who wants Mayhem back. So you know I, about this? Yeah. All right. I've seen it around. Yeah. Have you signed it? Yes, I have. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. All right, all right. By the way, uh, what do you, what do you have to say about Bombay? He came out this uh, for the save uh, at at Renaissance. Oh yeah, I, I forgot. Yeah, oh, we almost forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Bombay. I really thank Bombay for doing that because you know my leg was really busted by that point. Uh, thanks, Bombay, for helping me out. I owe you one. But are you going to be tagging very <laughs> soon? I think do that's we know, the question. Do we know
2: why we, he did it? Yeah. So... Does, does he
1: have anything against uh, uh, the Royal Flush? I, I'm not really sure. I didn't really ask him, but I'm just I'm guessing. That you just didn't like what ha- what happened what went down? You know, cuz you know yeah, I I just I just really think that he doesn't like how Brian Leo does his stuff.
0: And of course, the inevitable question, are Bombay Suarez and Jake DeLeon going to be a tag team moving forward?
1: I don't know. You'll would, have to wait to find yeah. out. All
2: right. uh, I'm I'm excited for that. I like Bombay
0: Very, very excited as well. And that's something we're going to have to watch out for at the next PWR show come December 6th. As early as now, it's never too late to invite our listeners to that. So, JDL, do the honors.
1: Uh, For my amigos and amigas out there, for everyone who's supporting Philippine Wrestling Revolution, our next show will be on December 6th, still at the Makati Square and Arena in Makati Cinema Square. I hope to see you there. And if you come there, I'll shake your hand, bros. You, you better shake our hands, bro. <laughs> yeah, I will, I will I'll find the VIP section next time.
0: <laughs> and of course, JDL is on social media as well.
1: Oh uh, yeah. Uh, follow me on Twitter, uh twitter.com slash senorito jdl, uh, Instagram.com slash senorito jdl and facebook.com slash JDL Senorito. All right, all right. Thanks, JD.
0: Thank you so much, right. Jake De Leon for being part of the SGP podcast and being our first two time yeah. two time guest.
1: All right, thanks, amigos.
0: And that was our exclusive interview with the senorito Jake DeLeon. You know, that was a fun discussion. It was. It really was. And well, I think he's better spoken this time. I know. he's got more to say. He's got a lot of game now, especially in terms of his... uh, Thank you. In terms of what he has to say. And you know what I liked? I liked that he dropped the Alipins.
2: Yeah, yeah. Me too. I think um, it was really problematic from the start. And while he did explain it in the previous episode... I guess um, you just can't escape the connotations and change the connotation by yourself.
0: Right. So he had to conform. And it's a good, it's a good kind of conformity. Yeah, it's, it's,
2: uh, it's good PR for him, I, I like to believe.
0: And, of course, it's nice to look Oh, amigo, amiga, right? <laughs> I like that. I love the sound of it. So, JDL. I'll just
2: go golf with my amigos. Oh, diba? Afternoon. It's social. Sa Manila Polo Club.
0: It's <laughs> social. You look at JDL as JDL as JDL. So, you know, um, uh, congratulations, JDL, for... Uh, for listening to the people and being a true man of the people. You, sir, are our amigo. Yeah. <laughs> now, we're, we're about to close up this episode of the SGB podcast, but we can't do that before giving you our picks of the week. All right. Um, my pick of the week, solid, solid outing between Dolph Ziggler and Randy Orton. It was a solid match. I enjoyed it. And that finish, that finish where, you know, Randy Orton just busted that RKO out of nowhere. Man, it left me speechless. I had to watch that instant replay. Normally, I don't pay attention to the instant and there's replays. A
2: there's a gif. There's
0: a gif. Yes, there there is a there is a gif of that going around the internet right now. Um, we've talked about it earlier in this podcast, and there's no reason for us to you know like um, go into it again. But if you haven't seen the match, do yourself a favor and catch Dolph Ziggler versus Randy Orton. Both guys just really performed very very well.
2: Uh, that RK by the way, I know this was Cesaro style. That's right, it was. It was uh, in his very European uppercut style.
0: He catapulted Dolph up and then hit him with the RKO.
2: God damn. It was on on his own strength. And usually he just catches the guy falling uh, while they jump. Right, right. right. And that was
0: him hoisting it up and doing the RKO. God damn. And what a fall was it for for Dolph Ziggler? What a fall.
2: Yeah, I'm telling you, Orton is a sleeper, G-O-A-T. And uh, matches like that prove it. Anyway, um, my pick of the week this time is something you most likely did not see. It's from last week's episode of WWE Superstars, which is a network exclusive. And it's the opening match between Zack Ryder and Heath Slater.
0: You know, I actually saw this match. And...
2: It was pretty fun. Yeah, because I posted it on SGP. It's required watching for everyone. But you know why? It's because they had a hot match without busting out any fancy technical holes. No no snazzy aerial maneuvers except for uh, Zack Ryder's Rough Rider.
0: And when you think about it, it was pretty basic as a match. Yeah,
2: everything was basic. Everything was kept basic. Rests, holds, uh, basic punches and kickers. Ah, kickers, what the fuck? Basic punches and kicks. And really just not moving up and just telling a story you know just out wrestling each other you know they had a lot of time in that match they did uh, they had around 9 minutes and that's what happens when you give 2 guys who can go some minutes and I know I gave Zack Ryder a bit of shit because I don't think he's amounted to that much uh, in the ring but I have to say outstanding performance with nothing but the fundamentals
0: right and uh, I guess that's enough to make Ziggler versus Orton and Ryder versus Sl- uh, Slater. Our picks of the week. Now, before we go, thank yous and shout outs are in order. Of course, thank you to our friends from Melo ninety four seven for always, always letting us use their equipment. Thank you as well to the boys and the girls of PWR for showing us some, uh, showing us a lot of love and a lot of support. Of course, by having JDL come on board on the show. And thank you for always listening to the podcast and for always being part of the show. Now, if you, there's anything you want to say, anything you agree or disagree with, anything you want to talk to us about that we said on the podcast, you don't know to find us, just tweet us. Mine is at Stan947. At Rose War, And you know what? You should
2: tweet us for any questions because um, our friend, Abby Yusin, has said that if we didn't do this, if SGP did not exist, she would not know anyone who could, you know, Talk about what's currently on
0: wrestling today. And you know what? Uh, it's nice to know that we're actually filling in a need like that. Yeah. but I don't,
2: Come on, guys. I know there's some of you out there who, you know... Need someone to talk to about wrestling, no matter what. And we're your boys. We are your boys.
0: We try to do that for you. In return, all we ask is that you rate us, right. give us feedback.
2: You subscribe to us as well.
0: Let us know how we can improve and subscribe to us. So you can always give us feedback through the iTunes Store. Just give us feedback over there. Or you can always leave comments on the Facebook group.
2: Right, right, right. And again, you can download us on the iTunes Store and on your favorite podcast app for Android. So we're everywhere. Tell your friends. Tell your friends.
0: All right. And with that, that's going to do it for episode number 28 of the SGP podcast. Stay tuned for next week's episode. We've got Main Max on the SGP podcast. Peace.
2: This is Carla from PWR and you're listening to the Smart Giles Filipinas podcast. Thanks, baby.